Well, praise God. Who's happy? Yay, me too. If you're not, God wants to help you. And he knows how to do it. He knows exactly how to lift up your head. He knows how to make his face smile on you until you can't help but smile back. That's what he does. He says he makes his face to shine on us because he wants to provoke us till we can't handle it anymore. Like a parent with a little child who keeps going, come on, smile at me, smile at me. He makes his face shine on us so that we recognize, oh, yes, God, in your presence there's fullness of joy. Hallelujah. I just love what Sarah Jane was singing tonight, even as she was, she was singing about, uh, in your presence, everything just fades away. It does. Just like the old chorus, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light. Of his glory and grace. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to sharing with you tonight. We've just been, we are in an amazing season. This is an extraordinary time to be alive, and God is truly moving. You know, we need to be aware and recognizing the times and the seasons so that we don't miss what God is doing. You know, as you recognize, as you are aware, wow, God's moving. You need to to position yourself with him and say, God, I don't want to miss out on anything that you're doing, but I want, Lord, I want to position myself to go with you. I see people crying out. I see them hungry for God. Well, Lord, I want to be in that place. Even as you just begin to pray into it, begin to set your face to seek after it, God will pour it out upon you. Don't miss out because it's glorious. Amen. And uh, we had Friday night, we had another four souls came to Jesus. Hallelujah. Just glorious. Yay, God. And, um, and we had a lady healed in the middle of the worship, just instantly healed, testified to her healing. And uh, um, Paul, who's not able to be here today, he's going to be here on Friday uh, night, came and he, he said, I, I didn't get to share because we had quite a few testimonies of healing. I didn't get to share, but I wanted to tell you my testimony. And apparently a couple of weeks ago, there was a a word of knowledge about someone who had a blood condition. And he came forward. He had hep C from uh, years before when he had uh, been a heroin user. He'd contracted hep C. And he came forward for, for prayer to be healed of hep C. Well, that was a few weeks ago. Uh, Last week, he went to his doctor had a blood test, and it came back clear. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? I was like, oh, Jesus. So uh, he's going to come and testify about that on Friday. And uh, Rory Mole's going to be here next week. Oh, you are so going to enjoy it. He is just just a very, very dear friend of ours. I am, I'm sad I'm not going to be here to hear him because I am in the U.S. with uh, Pastor Tony Thompson. Who knows Tony Thompson from... Yeah, he's our pastor over in Statesboro, Georgia and Atlanta. So I had a long-standing commitment to go and be there with them. So Rory Mole's going to be here and you are not going to want to miss it. Make sure you bring your friends because he is just an amazing prophetic teacher and, and a great friend of ours. So 
It's good. I don't want to go, but I'm saying, God, I thank you. You've got good plans for me, even as you've got good plans here, and you've got good plans for the churches in America. And uh, so I'm just excited that God has brought us into such a place where there's so much love and where the team is just, just, we all just love each other. Hallelujah. And God is moving. He is the one that is doing a great work among us, and we just want to give him all the glory. Amen. As a family, we've been reading... um, the book of Daniel, which is quite exciting for young kids. Hallelujah, what did I do with my water? Um, you read about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the fire. And just, I mean, it's exciting stuff. This is our God. And we were reading today about Nebuchadnezzar and his dream. The same one that had seen God rescue these guys thrown into a fiery furnace that was so hot, the people putting them in there were burnt up. And they came out not even smelling of smoke. I mean, this same king had a dream and he was warned in the dream. But 12 months later, he'd still taken no heed to the warning. And he was saying, I've done all of this and I've, look at my great kingdom that I've built. Aren't I wonderful? And bang, he was sent out into the field where it's, his claws grew out of his fingers and, and his hair grew like eagle's wings all over his body or eagle's feathers all over his body not wings just covered with hair and out in the field for seven years I mean this is wild stuff it's a good book you should read it I encourage you and until finally comes out seven seven years later saying God's real and he's the one that gives men power to prosper he's the one that gives men power to do all of this isn't he awesome and, um, and it ha- it's just so beautiful to be reading the Word of God. I encourage you, as a family, it's a good thing to take time to read the Word of God because He's revealed all the way through the Scripture. It's just so beautiful. We're going to turn, though, if you've got your Bibles, to Ephesians. We were looking at, on Friday night at Ephesians chapter 4. So we'll just start there. Has anybody been memorizing scripture this week? Well done. Good on you. I want to encourage you. I think that just should be a cultural thing where you just, uh, uh, just every week uh, working on um, having the scripture just rolling around in your, in your spirit, memorizing it, committing it to your heart so that the Holy Ghost can bring it back to your remembrance and encourage you. It's how you find out more of God. As you, you seek his face, you read about him in the word of God, you talk about him with one another, and, and he, is, he becomes our divine obsession. Amen? Very good. I'm not a TV, so you can talk back. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So we just looked at this briefly on Friday night. I'm going to read this again here. Hallelujah. We're going to read from um, verse... 11. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carry about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. 
but speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. We are called to grow up into him, into the head. Hallelujah. Now, the scripture tells us that we've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. Hooray. It's been given to us. When you are born again, you get a new nature. You get everything that is pertaining to life and godliness. You get everything that you need to be able to walk out uh, and and, uh, be as Christ in the world. Yet Paul is talking to the believers here saying, I'm praying that you'll, that you'll grow up into the head. You'll grow up in, in mature, not remain as children who can be tossed around, but you'll get so filled with the knowledge of who he is that you'll recognize the truth because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The pursuit of the knowledge of him is what will anchor you. Hallelujah. He is the word of God. He is love. He is the way. He is the truth. The knowledge of him is our highest pursuit, is the thing that will keep us on course. Amen. Even good things can get you off course if you, if you start to keep, put your focus on those things. I've seen even good doctrines get people off course if they lose sight of the knowledge of him. We've got to fix our eyes. We've got to be determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. Because it's as we pursue him, as we get to know him, we understand who we are. And then it goes on. It's such a good book. I encourage you to have a look at Ephesians. Uh, it's just all wonderful. You can read right through from the beginning, right through to the end. It's so good. Read it in different versions. Remember, we read a translation of another language. So don't get too precious about your particular version. But go and have a look at different versions. Uh, search it out. I, I encourage you to read through the gospel. Snack on it all day. If you're in one book, good. Stay in that in the mornings and snack on something else in the lunchtime. And just eat it. Eat it. Read the gospels. Know who Jesus is. Read the epistles. Read the Old Testament. Get to know God in his word because it's so exciting. Are you getting the point? Hallelujah. Very good. So God is wanting to help us grow up into him and to recognize him. And that comes from knowing him. And then it goes through and, and he talks about uh, things like it says here, I affirm you that you no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. Um, verse 22, in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit that you may be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth one uh, with each other, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. He goes on and he talks about don't be, uh, be angry, but don't sin. He, he goes on and talks about not getting involved in um, uh, fornication. He goes on and speaks. In chapter 5, put any um, immorality, impurity, greed. It shouldn't even be named among you. Let me read it out of the New Living here in chapter 5. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. 
He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. There, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place amongst God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. And it, it, it's so beautiful. God, he's got, it's all in the book. It's all there. And he says, now, now this is who you are. I want you to grow up in revelation of who you really are. You're not like you used to be. So don't, don't go acting as though you are still that old person. But remember, wake up and grow up into the revelation that, ah, this is the hope of my calling, to be as he is. Hallelujah. In the knowledge of him is the hope of our calling because as we know him, we recognize, whoa, I'm called to be as Christ. Hallelujah. And all the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all these wonderful uh, gifts and uh, fruits of the Spirit are things that we don't just have to try and make happen. God says, as you pursue the knowledge of him, in his light, we see light. Everything flows from him and these fruits will begin to manifest. Have a look if you would. Hallelujah. We're going to have a look at the book of James just really quickly. James 1.17. Every good thing given... And every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, from whom, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Everything comes from him. You know, we are given everything according to God's word. We're given everything pertaining to life and godliness. We've got it all. But it, just like a chandelier is, is pretty but until you, it's not until you turn the light on that it really sparkles, until you let the power flow through it. God is wanting us to recognize, yes, we've been given all these things, but they all come down from the Father of lights. Every good gift comes from Him. It all flows. The gifts of the Spirit are without repentance. But if you are able to reveal all mysteries, if you're able to prophesy amazing things, and you don't have love, which is connected to the one who makes all things light up, all things flow, faith works by love, we must in everything maintain a focus on the Father of lights. We've got to maintain our focus on Him because from Him all these things start to flow. Amen? So sometimes Christians get frustrated with themselves. They think, oh, I'm not really, I'm not really walking in the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not walking in this. And then they start to beat themselves up and get condemned. But God is wanting to be your helper consistently. He wants to help you. If you've got any of these things going on in your life that is contrary to the nature of Jesus, then I've, I did a series on this. It's called The Virtues of God from Second Peter. It's simply because you've forgotten. You've forgotten that you've actually been cleansed from your old sins. You've been given a new nature. If you're struggling, it's because you have forgotten and God wants to remind you. And the way he does this is by revealing himself to you. 
He tells us all the way through the book, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. He says, lift up your heads, O you gates. He says, seek my face, seek my face. Why? Because he knows that if he can get you fixated on seeking after him, pursuing the knowledge of him, then it's from that place that all the things that he's given to you start to be activated in your life. I watched a, a video this week um, about a man that was uh, imprisoned in Iran, Christian man. And as he was trying to leave the country, he was imprisoned and for, for many, many uh, months. And every day they would bring him in, they would interrogate him, they would torture him every day, drag him in, beat him, and, and try to find out if he was a CIA agent every day. And he got to the point, this Christian man, where he just didn't want to live anymore. He just thought, you know, I see no end to this. It's just every day they pull you in and they beat you. And that's my life, locked back in a lightless cell. And, and he was despairing of life. And he cried out, oh, God. And he saw he had a visitation from Jesus. Jesus came into the room and he said, as he saw him, the strength of his eyes just looking at him was enough to give him strength. And the next day when he was dragged in, I'm I'm paraphrasing the story, but when he was dragged in by the interrogators again, they were getting ready to, to torture him again. He just reached out his hand to his interrogator. He said, hey, you know, if um, if we're going to do this every day, I'd just like to be your friend. Can I be your friend? My name's, and he said his name. And the interrogator didn't know what to do with it. It's like, you know, I've been beating up on you for the last, what, nine weeks, and you want to know my name and you want to be my friend because you're okay with me doing this every day? I thought... That's astounding. But the man began to cry. And then he went and got his friends and they started talking about these Christians. And they ended up releasing them and letting them go. Hallelujah. But it's, so, it's such a beautiful picture of the fact that you can want to try and manifest the gifts of the Spirit. But if your circumstances are all adverse and you're, you're exhausted, you're hurting, you've got stuff going on, you don't, you don't manifest the gifts of the Spirit just by your willpower. It comes from seeing Jesus. The power to manifest the gifts of the Spirit, the power to be like Christ comes from having the eyes of your understanding enlightened in the knowledge of him comes. And that's not a one-off thing. It's a continual place of being filled to overflowing. Ephesians 3 talks about being filled with all the fullness of God, being filled to overflowing. You cannot overflow by having just a sip and then going away. A one-off encounter. I had an encounter with God. I should be doing better. God's saying, I don't expect you to be doing better because you had one encounter. I want you to be every day encountering my face. I want you every day to be strengthened by my light, by my gaze. He wants to so empower you that, that all the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, they all become activated because it all flows from him. We've got to be careful not to become like Nebuchadnezzar and say, oh, look at all this great stuff that, that is going on that I'm doing. 
we everything in him we live and move and have our being apart from him we can do apart from him we can do nothing but in him we can do all things through him through him we can do all things hallelujah because he strengthens us i've i've gone through some of the virtues of god things like self control if you look at it in the uh, greek you can have a look and see that 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 word there is actually en kratos meaning positioned at rest and having governing authority over passion and even self control is not something that comes out of your willpower you've developed in yourself it flows from the fact that he has raised you up to be seated with him in heavenly places you can rest into the truth i have been made new i've been given this privileged position in heaven i now have power to exercise governing authority over over myself hallelujah that's a whole lot better than self control you know, I got to make myself He says positioned at rest I give you governing authority. There is so much that God has given us. He's laid a banqueting table in front of us and he he said it's all yours. It's all there. You have power to be happy when things aren't going your way. You have power to be patient when people are really getting on your nerves. You have power to be loving when you are really tired. I don't know about you when I get tired it's a test in myself you don't really want to know me but I can go to him and go thank you daddy I thank you there's nothing wrong with me that a kiss can't fix <laughs> oh yes that's right I remember I'm not that person anymore I'm not a slave to sin. I'm not a slave to to how I feel or to circumstances, but I am a new creation in Christ and I am as he is. Therefore, I am full of the love of God. I love because you love me, Lord God. And I go and I drink and I receive. That's why I, I've learned to snack. I need a good big meal with God every day. I need actually 3 meals and snacks a day. But I've learned to snack. 5 minutes Well, is enough to refresh me. Just oh, yeah. Hooray. If I'm feeling myself just being a little mm, moved by circumstances, I just try and pull aside just even for a couple of minutes and just look up and remember, "Oh, yes. That's who I am." Hallelujah. You see, apart from him we can do nothing, and if we even attempt to go and walk without the knowledge of him as our focus, then we're going to get tired we're going to get cranky we're going to we're going to get frustrated and and we're going to open ourselves up to condemnation but god wants to make you realize hooray in him we don't we're not condemned we're free we're we're made new and the love of christ is what is activating all of the fruits of the spirit in my life hallelujah the worship that we bring if you if you come in and go oh, i don't really feel like worshiping and you come in and you just make a determination god i'm going to set my eyes on you i'm going to set my thoughts on you i'm coming to worship you god i give you thanks the bible says we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts you just get determined i'm going to thank you i'm going to praise you and as you look at him don't you know it as he as you look at him he comes and he just lifts you up refreshes you that's because he has made us to walk in fellowship with him 
Hallelujah. He's created us to, to need him. And he loves being needed. He's our ever-present help in time of need. And my time of need is all the time. But I know it. And because I know it, I go and get it. But God is wanting to draw us into a place where we are constantly aware of his presence, where we are constantly allowing him to lift up our heads, to fix our gaze. Colossians says, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. That, that word is, is something that that you need to deliberately do to set it, not just look up there when, when it, worship time comes on a Friday night or a Sunday. It's glorious to worship in corporate worship because it's something so powerful. It's just beautiful. But God wants you to set your mind on him because as you do that, you grow up into the one that you're looking at. Hallelujah. Ah, that's the hope of my calling. To be like him. As I see him, I become like him. When I see him, I am like him. Hallelujah. I reflect what I behold. When I behold him, hallelujah. God's not looking to have you perfect at one day in the Bible. He says, I've actually given you power to be sparklingly holy and righteous. There's been so much wrong teaching for hundreds of years that that is a statement that many Christians in their heart would struggle to believe. But God has actually given you power to be righteous and clean and holy, not by your works, hallelujah, but by his marvelous grace. And that being given to you is then activated by you setting your face to look at the only one that can continuously remind you of the truth. You see, we live in a fallen world, and if you, if you aren't continually setting your face on him, because in his light we see light, then the enemy is, it's ridiculous how easy it seems to be for us to forget who we actually are. And we can find ourselves just reacting or, or living below the standard. Yet God is calling us. This is why he's putting a hunger in our hearts to know him. Because he knows that if you will set your face to seek after me, then you will continually walk in the light and you will produce the fruit of one that knows me. Hallelujah. People will say, you are his disciple because they recognize the love of God is flowing out of you. Where does that love come from? The Bible says we love because he first loved us. And it's a continuous thing because we are now aliens. The Bible says you are no longer of this world. You are citizens of heaven. You cannot live by surviving on the breath of this world. You need to breathe the atmosphere of heaven. You need to be continually drinking and drawing from him. He wants to so activate the love of God in your heart. I've got this um, iPad. I like yours, Nikki. Very nice. I like the spots. Oh, she's out the back with the kids. Um, and it's wonderful. But I'd... I've got all my different versions of the Bible. It's so good when I travel. I don't have to take all these different Bibles with me. 
And, uh, but I, I find myself as I'm preparing sometimes, I go, oh, that's a good word, good verse there. I'll cut that, paste it, shut that application down, open up my notes, paste it in there, shut that down, open up my Bibles again, now get another verse, cut that, shut that down, open up another application, paste it there. And then one day I read that actually all I needed to do, instead of opening and closing and opening and closing, I could just swipe it like this. I went, whoa. I had that power all along, but I was not aware of it. You see, there is so much that you have that you are not yet aware of. There is so much that he's given that he wants to remind you of. He wants to reveal to you and he wants to show you this is a whole lot easier. Just lift up your heads. If you will just give up and recognize it in yourself, you can do nothing apart from him. But in him, hallelujah, oh, you can do all things. He wants to so activate your heart and cause you to be one that's going to produce much fruit. You see, he says, he who abides in me will produce much fruit. That's not a positional, theoretical thing. Yes, I'm a Christian, therefore I abide. It's an active doing thing where I am actively resting in the very arms of Jesus and focusing my eyes on his eyes, the one that makes his face shine on me, the one who draws himself out of me, hallelujah, so that when people encounter me, they encounter him. Hooray. You know, when you're talking to your friends about Jesus and what he's doing, do you feel your eyes start to brighten? Well, God is wanting us to continually live in a place where we are looking at him, walking with him, walking around with a secret knowledge that he's actually got his arms around me right now, even while I might be serving you in the shop or whatever I'm doing. I've actually got, hello, yes, yeah, nice to have you. This is good. <laughs> he's with you. The fellowship of the Holy Ghost who wants to bring to your remembrance all the words of Jesus so that you can grow up into him. So that you don't remain ignorant with a, a whole iPad of amazing things that you can do and have no knowledge of what to do with it. He wants you to grow up and recognize the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. Hallelujah. It gets really exciting. You start, mm, anyway. Hallelujah. <laughs> I quite like the Bible. That's an understatement. We are so very privileged. We are so very privileged. But most of us have no idea how privileged we actually are. God has given you power to be kind, to be gracious, to be patient. He's given you power to actually be like him. So that when you think, when you move, you walk in a holy confidence that's not like, oh, I don't know if I'm very good. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. He wants you to lift up your head and look at him so that he can say, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are a new creation. You are beautiful. You are clean. I've given you my nature. Now, all of that other stuff, that's not even who you are. Just put it off. Remember. Have your mind renewed by the washing of the word. Let me help you. Remember, this is the truth about you. That you've been given power now to live completely differently. To shine. Arise and shine. Hallelujah. 
Father, thanks for your word. God, we love you. Lord, I thank you that you are our glory and the lifter of our head, Father. Every perfect gift comes down from you, our perfect Father, the Father of lights. And God, you've given it all to us, Lord. I thank you that it flows from you, Jesus. Lord, I'm asking for a church, Lord, of people that are continually fixated on seeking your face. God, I'm asking for a holy hunger, Lord, to be so birthed in our hearts that we would ache with longing for you, God. That we would so long for you, Lord, that we would be people, Lord, that just have learnt to taste and see that you are good, that have become addicted to your face and to your presence. Lord, to be people that so uh, live in your light, that your light is seen through us, oh God. Father, I thank you that you say that we are the light of the world now, just as you are the light of the world. God, we acknowledge that that light flows from you. So we lift up our heads and we say, oh God, show us your glory. (laughs) Father, let them see. Let them see, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Daddy God. Father, I thank you, Lord, for these incredible things that you've put in our hands. Lord, you've given us power. (laughs) Despite our circumstances, despite whatever might be going on, we have been given power to live above it all by your great grace. To have joy and peace that passes understanding. Lord, that's true, that's not put on, that's not religious, but God, absolute joy, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us your power, Lord God, to manifest your life. Lord, we give you worship. Lord, we say, lift up our heads. God, you are the one that lifts up our heads. Show us your face, God. Show us your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.